Welcome to season two of the Happy and Whole podcast. You're now listening to the 21st and final episode of season two. I'm Christina, the creative being behind Happy and Whole, which is a journey of self-discovery centered in self-love. So be sure to connect with us on any of the nine platforms where we broadcast. Follow us on Instagram at Happy and Whole. And check us out on our website for more ways to engage with our community at happyandwhole.com. That's H-A-P-P-I-A-N-D-W-H-O-L-E. We have finally arrived at the end of season two, and it has been a wild yet beautiful ride. We have enjoyed the perspectives, thoughts, stories, and routines of some amazing people throughout this season. I know I've learned a lot, I've laughed a lot, and we've all got to live a lot through the lens of others who are going along their own journeys just like we are. And our community has expanded tenfold, so I'm super excited to share the amazing mind and moments of our next and final guest for season two, Brandon Michael Floyd. So during our 21st and final episode called Relax, Release Everything, Let Go and Exhale. the most beautiful journey this season. And just before we jump into our final episode, I just have to take a moment and just show the most sincere form of gratitude for every single soul that tuned in to an episode, shared an episode this season or last season, anyone that said yes to my invitation to bear your soul on an episode, or anybody who sent a private message about the impact of this podcast. So I want you all to know that I do this for us, which means both you and me, and for our continued growth and evolution for the rest of our days. So all that being said, I could not be more filled with joy and love than to share our last guest for this season with our community. Mr. Floyd is one of the most genuinely kind souls I've had the pleasure of meeting, and in our days on the bricks of OU, they were filled with so much discovery and fun. And since then, Brandon has just become an even brighter beam of light in the world. And I just could not be more proud of him and the path that he has chosen to walk. So he truly just embodies the importance of remaining an open vessel and looking beyond what you can see with your eyes and instead really allowing what you can feel with your sight to guide his being. And so I just love that. He is a lover of music, a lover of long walks, and just pushing those who are willing to uncover deeper parts of themselves as they push towards a new path to personal freedom and manifestation through his tarot consultations, which I think is amazing. And so it is with such a great big smile from the inside out that I introduce Brandon Floyd to the community and allow him to share a little bit about who he is and what he's been up to. Chrissy, I thank you. I feel like yes. that um, explains me better than I explain myself. <laughs> so I appreciate <laughs> that immensely. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for having me. And um, I, I was telling you earlier that your voice is always so comforting to me. I remember that from when we were together at college. Um, and it's nice to, to be talking to you again now. I love it. So, Brandon is amazing, and do you want to tell the people what you do, what you've been up to, a little bit more about you? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, all of that is still uh, very up in the air for me. I'm, I'm figuring it out in a very new way in my life right now, um, who mm-hmm. I am and what I'm up to. Um, right now, I, I would describe myself as a medium and a, a budding healer and spiritual divider. So I uh, sort of mm. um, have spent the last few years uncovering those parts of myself, um, whether I uh, realized it or not. And in, I would say the past uh, year and a half or so, I've been very actively um, not just um, unpacking those things, but really uh, informing them and sculpting them in a way that works better for me. Right, right. Yeah. I love that. That's a great way to define, like, just that continual forward movement and progression of the journey, right? Yeah. Like, yes. he's like, I'm not done yet. I'm still evolving, yes. still growing. And I just, yes. I love how you're owning that space because you, there's so many people who are there and just being in limbo or them not being able to clearly define a title or clearly define a path is so gut-wrenching to a lot of people. Right, but you right. don't have to look at life like that. You can definitely just embrace the in-between phases or the, like, here's what I'm growing towards and don't even know exactly what that will look like. I think that's amazing. Yes, yes. And, and yeah. it's difficult to sort of uh, cultivate those in-between spaces too, right? Because yes. there's always so many things between the cracks that you never realize with sort of floating around there. So right. at first it is definitely scary, but then I promise it, it turns into a lot of fun. It gets you start to better. See new resources. It gets right. better. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So as you all know, what we do here in this community is continuously push ourselves to grow, understand the deeper, more inner parts of ourselves by doing the work. And so every single season, every episode, I'm inviting folks to just share a little bit about what that looks like from their perspective. This is a place to share, to engage, to learn from others, because just hearing my voice will not do you as much justice as hearing others and connecting with them where they are on their walk. And so we are going to continue that conversation today about your journey of self-discovery, Brandon, your journey of yeah. self-love, and what that has looked like for you, how you've gotten to this place where you are, and anything you want to share with the community about things that they can use, too, as they're continuing on their own personal journey of self-discovery and self-love. For sure, for sure. I'm excited to talk about it. Do you want me to hop right in and get started? Heck yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best <clears throat> talking about this journey of self-love and self-discovery. I'm going to do my best to stay linear. But as you know, as I'm sure everyone else knows, it's a very nebulous process. So if yeah, I go yeah. on to a tangent, just bear with me or just push me back, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we'll flow with you. Perfect. Um, so I would say... Um, it really has been across the past few years that I've um, opened myself up to a sense of spirituality. Uh, prior to that, I've always been sort of a dreamy person and um, uh, a bit of an open heart as much as I could personally afford to be. But I think it's been with, uh, in the last few years I've sort of attached some intention to that. And I think that sort of my um, kick in the ass there was uh, I had uh, been in New York for some time um, I uh, was 2020. I moved to New York in 2011, and I would mm-hmm. say I know it's like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad. Um, and then I would <laughs> say right around 2015, I started to go through a little bit of a, a, a weird personal transition in my life. I was um, looking for something new for my career, 
um, or looking to get my career started, I suppose. And I was looking for something new from myself. I had just come out of a long-term relationship, and I was moving out of my home and staying in New York, but just moving into a space that was very much an individual experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was excited because I had all these things that I was tired of sort of exiting my life and all these new possibilities coming into it. And I found a job that I enjoyed, and I found an apartment that I loved. But I was still feeling really listless and unattached to any of those things. Um, and then my mother died she, when I was 29, um, mm-hmm. very um, out of nowhere for me. And um, that's when I just sort of, uh, uh, my eyes sort of opened because I didn't have a choice to anymore. So mm-hmm. all the things I had been sort of looking for in that, that like year prior to my mom dying and between my breakup and my new gig and all those things, all things I've been sort of looking for were all very material things, very like tangible things that I could grab onto and say, I have this, and so I, now I'm safe in the world. And then when my mother died, I was like, oh, well, you are not that safe in the world because the things that you have aren't uh, making you feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that I wasn't feeling better, I think, until my mother died. So um, after that, I, I think I floated for quite some time. I would say I floated for like a year of just um, – being in a, a state of listlessness and still in New mm-hmm. York, still going to work every day and still doing things I enjoy, but not necessarily getting joy from them. And right. um, part of my journey, part of like my entire life is just the fact that I also um, uh, live with bipolar disorder. And so I'm used to um, sort of oscillating moods. I'm used to being down, and I'm used to being up, and I'm used to having to manage that um, in different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. But um, after my mother died, it just was very difficult for me to manage those things in the ways I was used to. And um, I was becoming very, very, like, uh, disjointed, I would say. I didn't feel safe in my body anymore. My thoughts yeah. were um, particularly clear. Um, and what I sort of know now, looking back on that time, is that my spirit was sort of saying, all right, it's time to fall into yourself. And, and the way that you do that, or the way that at least I um, – had to do that was to sort of upset a lot of the things that I uh, had come to rely on to that point. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know it. I didn't know that I had to do those things. And so um, um, as I'm sure you know, and I'm sure a lot of other folks listening know, when you don't um, recognize the changes you need to make, they sort of just start to throw things in your uh-huh. face. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they start to throw things in your face until you start to look at things in a different way. And so um, after that year of floating and doing a lot of things, I would sort of attribute to self harm. Um, I um, I'm, I'm like a, a person that likes to enjoy myself, but I was just doing things to. Um, uh, what's that salon song? I, I tried to drink it away. I tried to uh, cranes in the sky. That's like the year. Like I remember Ooh, that song came out just after. Yes. <laughs> You're like she made this for me. Yes. <laughs> that that like that 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 song came out. Um, I think maybe the week or so after my mother died, I, I went back to work and I remember being at my desk and the album came out out of nowhere and I was listening to to it and Crazy on the Sky came on and I just had to leave. I I just started crying and I listened to it on the subway all the way home. I listened to mm. it in my apartment and then I got mm-hmm. to bed. I just fell asleep to it. 
And it it really was um, this moment where where uh, I think it was sort of my past giving me a preview of what it looks like. But you just I was traveling all these spaces. I was doing so many things to feel anything at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Drinking a lot and um, sort of having like um, sex that wasn't necessarily gratifying to my being and, and doing the things that like I really do enjoy because um, I like yeah. and, I, and I do enjoy sex. And I like to, yeah. to like do things in the world. But um, I wasn't getting satisfaction from those things. And so what I was doing right. instead was doing a lot of those things to bring myself back. And um, lucky enough, uh, fortunate enough for me, I was able to sort of recognize that pattern and take a step back from it. But when I did that, it, I just, it made me angry because I was like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do instead? And I think that when I got to that, what am I supposed to do instead part of the journey, Mm-hmm. that's when my mind started to open up to new possibilities. And, and um, even though I wasn't making a conscious decision to, to look for new things, I think that just the wonder and the hope um, sort of mm, opened up a lot yeah. of possibility for me. I love that. It yeah. reminds me of, like, um, the episode we did with Kareem, is he just, his whole essence and being is all about being curious, right? Mm-hmm. Being wildly and purely curious. Yeah. And having that wonder... When you just are asking, and that's been another thing this season is like asking yourself questions. And I yeah. really believe that that can just be like a beautiful thing that you don't realize that you need. Is of course therapy is amazing, right? And that's, right, sometimes right. why we go is yes to get it all out, but also right. to like have someone ask us questions that we need to ask ourselves and learn how oh, to do I love that. It. Yeah. But when we do it ourselves, it's an amazing thing, and. Yeah dealing with grief and just trying to find joy, I think people can just relate to that. Hell, I can. Like, there's definitely been moments in my life when I've completely felt like that, just going through the motions but not feeling any joy and, like you described, that satisfaction with it. And it's so important to realize that. And you you hit the nail on the head and you're like, hey, when you aren't ready, it does not matter. Like, (laughs) if you're ready or not, yes. Yeah, your path, matter. your destiny is going to find you no matter what. Yep. I and that's that. why that curiosity is so important because it, it, I, I think if you allow yourself to be open to curiosity, then what happens is when you get those signals from the universe, and some of them hurt. Like I, I, I always like to tell people when they ask me for advice on, on how to sort of open themselves up spiritually or how to open themselves up to the world in general, some mm-hmm. of the stuff is just painful. But if you're open, if you have that that curiosity component in there, then that pain um, turns into something. You'll see that yeah. that pain turns into something that's that's quite useful, and yeah. you'll also see that a lot of it isn't um, painful. You know, it, it, a lot of the pain that you encounter is um, pain escaping, right? It's pain escaping your thought processes and pain escaping your body. Um, it's just that sort of reaction that you get when when something you've been holding hits the world, and you have to deal with the consequences of what you've been holding for so long. But curiosity really does help remedy so much of, of I think, yeah. what we're looking for when we're lost. I love that. Um, so from there, I just once I asked that question, um, I became really interested in answering it. I remember I was reading this. There's this Joan Didion book that I love. Uh, this is full-scale grief. I was in a full-scale state of grief, and, and, and that really was what kicked me out. And Joan Didion had this book called The Year of Magical Thinking, and um, I lost a lot of, of very close family members in college as well. So I had read the, the book prior, 
Um, but after my mother died, I read it again. And um, for Joan Didion, it, it's about her um, husband dying very suddenly and how she had to deal with the aftermath of that, um, living alone. And her daughter also became very ill um, and eventually died during the course of, um, I think, her writing the novel or writing the book or just after publishing it. So she, it was a very good way to sort of um, take my experience with grief grief and look forward in another person. And one of the things that she does a lot that I noticed only the second time I read it, not the first time, was that she became very observational. Her whole life became mm. um, a little bit more about how long did it take me to get from one place to the next or why did I put a spoon here or why is the – you know, why is the sidewalk on 95th Street different from the sidewalk on 74th Street? And I have also become hyper-observational. I was always sort of conscious of um, what I was doing in the world, what people were offering me, what I was giving back. And I sort of started to realize it was because my environment, I felt so unsettled in my environment. I was just constantly looking for grounding. I think when you experience sort of traumatic loss very quickly, and, and not just that, but for me at least, um, you want your environment to, to become stable again. And so you start to look for little anchors and you start to, like, attribute um, – you start to look for the why behind things so that if something else disrupts, you're able to trace it. Um, and that's, that's like, a very um, – that's that fight-or-flight thing kicking in. And it's not a way mm-hmm. to live. It, it, it's definitely a way to sort of wake up. Right. Um, but it's not a way to live because what what happened to me was that hyper observation, um, especially mm-hmm. living in New York, just becomes so exhausting because there yeah. is so much stimulus and there's so much to gather. Mm-hmm. So that sort of cued me that I needed to get safe. I needed to feel safe again. And so with that, I started to um, uh, do work to feel safe in my body. And I would say that that was like the very first step in, in getting myself into a passive healing um, I had always sort of exercised, but I found that uh, I lost interest in doing cardio and doing, like, really, really high fitness activities. But I would get up so early in the morning. I started, like, not being able to sleep past, like, 4 or 35 o'clock. And instead of staying in bed and tossing and turning, I would just get up. Um, I would do all the things I would normally do, have breakfast, have some coffee, and then I would go for these long walks um, I would walk for like two or three hours through Central Park and through all of Harlem. And um, it was a good time because New York is this weird place in the morning where it's still very active, but it's not nearly as crowded. So you feel safe even if the sun isn't up because people are still getting up and going to work. Um, some, some people are still like running around, but um, you still have this space to enjoy the city in a new way. Mm-hmm. So I got to like calm that observation part of myself by mm-hmm. virtue of just getting up earlier. Um, and then I started stretching because, um, not for nothing, I, I started to notice that uh, I was getting very anxious. And I, I haven't ever really struggled with anxiety in um, a traditional sense. It usually um, anxiety mounts for me in terms of irritability. So if I'm feeling anxious, I usually exercise that by being like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I usually have to like pull back and remind myself mm-hmm. that, um, to to chill out. But instead, I was getting just socially anxious. I was afraid to leave my apartment. I was afraid to go to work. And so mm-hmm. I just started stretching. Um, I would sort of um, I tell people this all the time, but with no goal in mind. I wasn't stretching to to sort of do a full split or give you a handstand. But I wanted my hands to stop shaking, you know, mm. and I wanted my um, feet to feel steady on the ground. 
And then, um, no shade, like, once I started doing the stretching, I feel like the rest of it just snowballed. I think that my spirit and my body finally felt um, honored in a way. Mm, my body, yes. at least my body finally felt honored. Um, and, and my spirit was just like, okay, now that your body is starting to feel a little bit more capable, we're going to take you all the way. And I just uh, uh, went sort of full on <laughs> that. I went full on. I, I realized that my um, body was ready for me to sort of take it back from all the stress and all the tension that I had been yeah. um, holding on to for all of my yeah. life. And for me, that meant um, falling into meditation. I think the stretching helped me to sort of realize the boundaries of my body in a new way. But it was still hard for me to keep still, even if I were sort of to alleviate the the anxious movements. Um, I still didn't feel comfortable sitting still. I have always, it was darn for me because I've always felt so comfortable being alone. I'm an only child, mm-hmm. so I sort of grew up building worlds in my head and escaping into them. I've always felt comfortable in that space. But um, being alone and sitting still and not doing anything was so, so hard for me. So I, I, I fell into the meditation just as a means of further relaxing my body. Yeah. And then I, the more I fell into uh, the meditation, um, it, I think it just it kicked my body into full-on healing mode. I think that that sort of helped my, my spirit to sort of surface mm. from there. Yeah. Um, I started to realize the conversation that my body and my mind were having. Um, and I always tell people that um, – it's important for me to take things off the table, right? So um, when when I started stretching, when I started meditating, I could sort of see um, how a thought affected my body or how my body affected a thought or, or, yeah. or what the communication was like there. And from there, I could take things off the table. If I, if I like, you know, moved, if I was nervous about a financial thing and, and my hand started shaking, I could go ahead and do a stretch that's, that relaxed my hand and, and, and in turn sort of relaxed my thought. And then yeah. I could break that problem down in a way that felt more practical. I could take the pieces and move them in a new way or, or take some things away that weren't necessarily important but were perhaps just lingering there for no reason. Um, and that was immensely helpful to getting me to sort of um, chill out. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the word I've been using this year and last year is relax. It's something mm. that was given to me by um, a, a, a spiritual advisor of mine. She's like, whatever you do, Randy, you need to relax. <laughs> Good and, word. Um, <laughs> I feel like when you say it out loud, it even just, like, brings a calm over your body because you were very visual, even though we don't all like to lean into that. So when you say that word, like, you imagine unclenching your jaw and, like, relaxing your shoulders. Like, you imagine or visualize yourself actually releasing so i think that's yeah dope. absolutely absolutely and, and and just um relaxing was so helpful for me um and feeling capable of doing that on my own really sort of empowered me to do the the physical and the material things i had to do to mm-hmm. bring myself um into sort of a, a level of spiritual um awareness yeah. um and then via meditation i also started to to realize that um um, you know, after my mother died, the, the, the bigger thing, aside from just the um, grief and the, the material worry, was also just the spiritual connection. Um, I, I very quickly lost 
this sense of connection with my mother. And it was odd mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I had been away from home for so long to that point, and so I was used to not seeing her all the time. And, and mm-hmm. she she and I didn't um, talk often, um, so it was easy for me to go without hearing her voice as well. Yeah. And what happened was after that first year and into that second year, um, I just started to sense this loss of connection or or this need for more connection to my mother since that physical portion wasn't there anymore. And, mm-hmm. and it took me a while to realize that that physical portion being gone was jarring because I was so used to her not being there for me in the physical just by virtue of distance. So the meditation helped me realize that I had also been looking for a way to connect um, to my mother. I think that my, my, my body and, and, and my mind um, were acting. Um, I think that my spirit was calling my body and my mind a distraction and asking me to calm my body and my mind so that I could fall into the spiritual work so that I wouldn't be so mm-hmm. distracted by them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that helped me, and, and, and from there, um, I have just a general interest in, in sort of occult things and, and, and religion um, from diverse perspectives and oracle mm-hmm. cards and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I had been developing that over time, even prior to my mom dying, and I, I just realized um, while meditating that all of those things were sort of coming into the space where it was like, okay, it's time for you to get to work, not just the work of healing yourself, but also the work of falling into these gifts that you have that you haven't had to acknowledge um, before mm-hmm. because I, I wasn't necessarily motivated to right. or I didn't necessarily have to um, because I didn't, um, I didn't personally see the, the need for, for them. So the rest um, arrived from there that I, I um, was meditating and, and it was, it's anyone who's done meditation knows that it's, it's hard. It's, uh, it, it mm-hmm. starts off being very difficult to get yeah. into. Yeah. Um, and and the reason I think my body had to come first was because, um, for me at least, and, until I learned how to calm my body, I could not um, fall into a meditative state at all because you just have to be comfortable. You, you have to relax. Right. <laughs> Literally. Body, yeah, you have to relax. Yeah. Your body has to feel comfortable. That shoulder... Um, even if your shoulder is still hurting and when you're sitting still, even if your knee is still hurting, um, you have to teach yourself that you can release that at some point so that you're not yeah. worrying about it while you're meditating. Yeah. Um, and so I got I got into that and breath work um, really, really helped me do that, sort of breathing mm-hmm. into my body and letting my body yeah. release that tension. Yeah. Um, and then my spirit just surfaced from there. I started to sort of... Um, take more interest in um, things like I, I started to find that, that sort of the occult and religious things that I was interested in were taking over um, a lot of my mental space and um, um, sort of meditating on those things or researching those things would calm me down quite a bit. Mm. And um, it's funny, I went to, I was sort of learning to read tarot on my own and I was re- reading through a guidebook and you know, spending time with the cards, but certainly having trouble connecting to them. Mm-hmm. And then I went, um, I went to this, this I was, it was, I was holiday shopping, and I went to this pop-up shop in Williamsburg here in Brooklyn. Well, actually, I'm in, I'm in Harlem, but in Brooklyn. And um, there was this woman sitting in the corner, and, and you, you mentioned earlier that I love music, and she was um, sitting still, and she had this oracle deck, and it was called the Rock and Roll Oracle. 
And I was like, this is totally my jam. Like, I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so I go over to buy the deck, and she offers to give me a reading. And she gives me a reading. And, um, you know, oracle cards are these, they're like iconography for sort of, um, depending on how you interact with the medium, um, they can sort of cue you toward researching different things or taking different ways. So she pulled these cards, and um, she pulled three cards, and one of them was George Harrison from the Beatles. Um, mm-hmm. And I've never been a big Beatles fan at all. Um, mm-hmm. But I've always had this, like, you know, passive interest in them. And George Harrison is, like, the the card for the deck. He's, he's named The Student. And for the mm-hmm. Beatles, he was very much this, like, meditative um, um, force, this person that sort of encouraged the band to move into a more spiritual place. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care at the time. Like, I was just like, I cared as much as I, as I did about like just being there and having the the reading. And I went home and I was I was spending time with the the Oracle deck on my own after I bought it, and I did my own spread and I got the George Harrison card again, and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not yeah. doing this. Like I don't really have an interest in listening to the Beatles. <laughs> and then I waited a little bit longer and I, I'm like shuffling the shit out of this deck and I get the George Harrison card again. What? And I was just like, all right, it's time to just <laughs> like, lean into that. Get lean in. Yep. Get into it, Brandon. <laughs> so um, I started listening to, to George Harrison, and um, he's very meditative. And um, it, it, that's an interesting conversation for me because um, I don't necessarily, I, I'm not, I won't sit here and say that George Harrison is someone I now listen to every day or that I'm pursuing the Beatles all the time. But a lot of the messages that he was um, offering in, in the song that I was listening to from the Beatles from him were things that had been top of mind for me for so long. Mm. And so it gave me sort of this like visual um, or this um, line to toe in terms of my own meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And that is what I really started to take off of in terms of tarot as well. Like, in, yeah. I think that the, the, the Oracle card helped me on my personal journey, but then if I take a step back and think about um, practical things and what I do um, for work, I was like, um, there's something to this. And I, I think that there's a reason I'm not connecting to it as well as I should. So let mm-hmm. me spend more time with these Oracle cards. Let me spend more time with this tarot deck. Mm-hmm. Um, let me develop that as a skill, and um, you know, and 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 that's called divination. Um, it's a way mm-hmm. for you to sort of take um, what you're getting from 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 the world around you, the, what you're interpreting, what you're receiving um, from the world around you, and and from um, uh, uh, other places, other places, other things, and give them assignments sort of um, um, shuffle a deck, get a card, and read um, that based on how you're feeling or the energy in the room um, mm-hmm. or any, any number of things. So it helps to yeah. turn that sort of oral, um, ethereal stuff, I should say, into mm-hmm. more um, grounded practice. So um, that led me to, to building an altar. Um, it, I, I sort of fell into... Um, researching all these uh, sort of religious practices and things like that. And I came across a podcast. Um, it's called A Little Juju Podcast. Uh, I'll text it to you when we're done so that you can perhaps share that in the notes too because she's uh, – Yeah, really of course. Nice. 
Yeah, she's been great. She's been a great um, leader for me. Um, But she has tips there for building a spiritual altar. And I just was Googling one night, and I don't listen to podcasts often, but it is something I was falling into across the last year. And so I was Mm -hmm. Googling, and I found her. And and the first episode was about building an ancestral altar, and that's like everything fell into place. It was like I'm Mm. struggling to connect to my mother. I'm yes, getting all yes, of this yes. information from the universe that's making it hard for me to function anymore. And I'm feeling this call toward these divination practices. Yeah. And so once I got that altar, it was like the combination of all the energy in one place. Because what it did was it helped me to sort of um, alleviate the personal um, yeah. insecurities that I was having. Or like put them in a place. It helped me to connect, <laughs> you know, yeah. to my family. Um, but then it also helped me to realize what my strengths were when it came to mediumship and, and divination. And I think at that point I didn't realize that that's what was happening. Um, I didn't know that I was a medium. I didn't know that the, that um, I was uh, skilled at divining. Um, mm-hmm. But I knew that that I was doing something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that helped, and, and and then from there, connecting to my ancestors, using that also to connect to the dead folks, um, and specifically my mother. Um, it it that helped the healing become personal and guided. Mm-hmm. Um, because you said at that altar, and um, for me, it, it really was about sort of waiting. Um. Um, you know, I had learned to sit still. That's that's ever learning to sit still is an evolving process. But I had sort of acknowledged mm-hmm. that that was something I had to do. So I would sit still at that altar and I would listen to what would arrive. And that's when I started to realize, um, you know, you sit in silence. I think it's important to sit in silence. Um, but then from sitting in silence at that altar, you get different cues, you get different um, um, mm-hmm. text of mm-hmm. inspiration. And that's when I started to realize, um, like. You know, my ancestors have been talking to me for ages through music, the way I connect to songs, and and this hyper-connectivity I have to nature that I've shared, um, that I've had my Mm -hmm. entire life, and um, uh, uh, through the cards and more tangible things as well, but um, I just started to realize that there had been a lot of cues that I was getting for a very long time, and, and that's what made me uh, want to go get a reading um, of my own. I hadn't had mm-hmm. a reading in years. Like, um, I, I got a reading just before I moved to New York, and I got maybe a, a couple of readings here and there just um, um, with a, a tarot uh, divider um, as I was inclined. But mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get a reading. You know, I was in therapy, and I was – um, working really well through that, but my spiritual, I wasn't getting the spiritual connection. Um, yeah. I wasn't able to make sense of the spiritual connection the way that I wanted to. So I went and I got that reading, Chrissy, and uh, it, 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 it was funny because I wow. wasn't looking for the woman that helped me, but I just ran to the mm-hmm. door and there she was and she sat down with me and she was like, you need to be doing spiritual work. You need to be... Um, you need to, to be honoring yourself as a medium because that is what's going to help you feel um, more comfortable in your body, more comfortable in your environment. Because what was happening was I was receiving all these signals and all these messages, but because I wasn't open to them and because I didn't realize why they were coming to me, I was falling apart. <laughs> I hear that. You are touching apart. on some amazing things. Like, oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> seriously, from... 
the part where you were talking about your personal healing and the things that you were doing in terms mm-hmm. of walking, like the simplicity of walking, people mm-hmm. really take that for granted and how it can be meditative as you're doing that, the stretching, just the awareness of presence through your body. Like yeah. I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but like when you know that you're not in a space to be connected to yourself or you're just either really anxious of things that haven't happened or you are feeling a sense of depression sometimes of things that yeah. have happened in the past and you're connected to that, like to anchor yourself in the present, you literally just try and force yourself to become super present with your body. Yeah. And yeah. you do that by the simple things that you're talking about, like stretching. Like yeah. it's amazing. And as you were saying that, I was like, he has no idea. Like today <laughs> I've been sitting in this seat all day. I was in the training. I've been in the seat all day. And my yeah. body felt stiff. And I was like, at our next break, I'm going to stretch. Like, I need to stretch. You have to stretch. So, yeah, I I told my coworker, I was like, hey, I'll be back. I need to go stretch. And you just, I mean, the simplicity of doing something like that to awaken your body to just be present is just amazing. And I love how you described that you honored your body through something like that. Like, that is exactly what you're doing is in a way, and I just love talking about how gratitude can be shown in so many different forms is like thanking your body for yeah. carrying you to the point that you're at. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know? I, that I, it's so important. I mean, I moving through my life um, now, I'd let my body take the lead. And it's funny because I've always been, um, I have a very interesting relationship with my body. I think that um, mm-hmm. I, I definitely, all of us suffer from body insecurity. Um, and that's definitely been a part of my journey, but um, I, I feel like I'm, yeah, honey, I've <laughs> never had a really like um, violent, a hyper violent relationship with my body in terms of um, harming it or, or wanting to, it to be um, hyper different. And so I always just felt like mm-hmm. I'm fine. I just found my life straight insecurities. We're gonna work through this, yada yada yada. But mm-hmm. I, the one thing that I have learned in the last few years is is, is that. Um, Loving your body and caring for your body is not just um, um, not actively harming it, but it's also like actively taking care of it, like actively showing it gratitude, actively checking in on it, actively um, making sure that it's comfortable and that it feels safe. Um, And and the one thing I always uh, tell people, I tell my clients this the first thing, uh, whenever, I, I literally tell everyone this, but just stretch because uh, it, it, I, not aside from the benefits of relieving immediate release of tension and all mm-hmm. those things, it really is a way um, to help you realize where you're holding pain and where you're holding suffering, where you're holding yeah. worry, where you're holding yeah. guilt, things like that. And it helps you feel empowered because there's, there's something very, um, there's something very. Uh, satisfying about having a knot, falling into it, and figuring it out. Like, literally mm-hmm. figuring out a physical knot in your body yeah. it makes you feel like you are capable of doing something. And right. it makes you realize that those aches and pains that you feel in your body are not like your body ending. You know, you're not like, right. you're not falling down a hill. You really can sort of bring your body back to a place of, of feeling good. Because even as we age, even as we get older and our bodies do, matter of fact, change, we should still be feeling comfortable in them. And I mean like yes. physically comfortable yes. in them. So that's so important. And, and it really, once you feel 
comfortable in your body, or once you even are able to recognize that you don't feel comfortable in your body, it, it changes your perspective on the world. It changes the way that Absolutely. you look at yourself and environment. Yes. It makes you feel better about being uncomfortable in other places. Like, for yeah. sure, I was definitely, like, I was having trouble at work, trouble showing up to work. And for a long time, I was just like, Brandon, what's going on? This isn't like you, yada, yada, yada. But once I realized that my body was suffering, I was just like, of course you don't feel good at work. Of course you don't feel good when you're out and about because your body is tired or it's not being honored in a way that it wants to. There's nothing wrong with you. It just means that you need to start this conversation. You know? mm, I love that. And yeah. I'm glad you brought it back to just being mindful of those things because mm-hmm. we talked earlier just about observation and that really made me think about the different lenses that we have total autonomy to look through ourselves at, to look yeah. through the world and other people, how we connect with them. And right. I've had this conversation with the community before about the idea of worldview, right, mm-hmm. and what that looks like, how that can shift based on your experiences and things like that. And just it just makes you, in, in your words, like just very hyper aware of yourself in place, in time, in connection and relationship with other people, which I think is, is so valuable, but yeah. very much so um, – underestimated in terms of how impactful it can truly be for transforming your mind, your body, your relationships, things like that. So I think that's so dope. I I, I really swear by that. And um, not for the sake of getting too sociopolitical, but I really think that part of why it's so hard for um, folks um, of color in in the Western world to sort of – feel comfortable as we age, feel comfortable as we get older, thrive as we get older, is because we're so distracted all the goddamn time. There's just so much work for us to do. Mm. (laughs) There's just so much work for us to do. And so we never have time to relax. And we rarely have time to relax into our bodies. And and even when we do have that time, we feel guilty taking it. But the truth is relaxing into your body is the way forward. It's the way that you get um, not just the energy to complete things, but also the inspiration to complete things that matter to you and things that matter to your being. But you have to start by just um, falling into your body and letting your body rest. Um, because your body will speak. It's ancient machinery. It knows it this sure earth better will. than we do. <laughs> yep. You got that right. So you, wow. you got to do that. Um, I and, love and, that. And um, even now as I move into to working as a medium, um, and uh, since I got that first reading, and I've since gotten um, spent time with just a regular medium, I get regular check-ins. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I've learned is that my body really is sort of the source. I'm a, I'm a clear, sentient person. And so a lot of mm. um, what I get is um, uh, taxing on my body. Uh, I'll do a reading yeah. or, or I'll do a conversation with the person or I'll go and get through something. And even aside from my work, just just in my personal, all of my relationships, moving through the world, my body sort of channels things. And, and that's mm-hmm. how I know what's happening. That's how I, that's how I interpret the world. And and you know, you, you, I have since developed like other ways of doing that. Like I can sort of um, see things now, and I hear things now, and I have a whole sort of toolkit. But my body really is the first <laughs> sort of point of contact yeah. for all this energy, and so I have to to chill out just so that I wouldn't be so um, tired and drained uh, from doing mm-hmm. the work and simply from just living. You know. Yeah, I yeah. love that, and. 
I love that you talk about the work that you're doing and that you were like, I not only have an interest in something, but mm-hmm. I've also been open enough to receive the cues that um, I'm good at this, right? Yeah. And I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that that is a beautiful thing. Like this journey is all about that, especially for people who like so many millions of, of others are trying to ask, what is my passion? What is my purpose? All of those things. Like mm-hmm. you have to go in. You will not find those things out. You may find confirmation or affirmation outside mm-hmm. of yourself sometimes, but you have to go in to even start to uncover what some of those interests are. And I love that you were like, you started to understand the pulls that have been on you for a long time. Like it yeah. made sense. And yeah. I said this before, like, clarity comes with time. It comes with time. I always tell people this. It's like at the end of the Halle Berry movie. You know how, like, when you're watching the movie, uh, you can see it all coming, like, all of mm-hmm. it. It's like, obviously, Halle, this is sex, this is sex, this is sex. But at the end of every movie, she's like, oh, my God, it was you the whole time. Yep. That's what, like, the spiritual wake-up is like. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was me. It was me the whole Bird's time. Bird's eye view. <laughs> Yes. Wig all wet. It's like the Matrix moment was like, Neo, you found it. You see the Matrix. It was you, you asshole. (laughs) Wow. Um, I love that. Yeah. So it's been 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 quite interesting journey. Yeah. Once I uh, gave into the mediumship and the the ancestral call, um, the rest of it has come pretty quickly and and pretty nonstop, I would say. Amazing. I left New York for six months. Um, I, I found that being in the city, um, it wasn't for me, and this is not true for everyone. I always like to caveat um, that when I offer spiritual advice because the journey was mm-hmm. different for everyone, and I had to give up yeah. a lot. I, I gave up my job. I gave up my home. Um, I moved I moved away, and, and I sort of lived um, on spirit alone for a while, but I had to do mm. that because I had spent so long um, – to be frank, I've spent so long ignoring my gifts, and I've spent so long ignoring my body that um, my spirit mm-hmm. is just like, now you have to learn how to depend yeah. on your gifts and how to depend on your body. Yeah. So I left the city. I, I went to Taipei to do some meditation and to spend some time sort of um, in gardens. I, I really like to be mm. outdoors. Yeah. Yes. I, I really yes, like to yes. be outdoors, and I needed to see a different sort of um, plant profile and um, I wanted to give in to a different sort of energy, and um, I had this sort of vision while I was meditating, and it asked me to go um, to China, um, and Taipei was sort of where I landed on, and I spent 10 days there um, alone, wandering and doing things um, that uh, were interesting. When I left New York, I left New York in July, and I was just completely, um, I was functioning I'm a, I'm a very strong person. I'm viscerally and, and spiritually yeah. strong, but um, yeah. I was I I was tired. I was exhausted. Mm, yes. And so when I got to Taipei, it was very difficult for me because um, my body had just been like my body was over it. You know, my chakras were just like opening up in a new way, and um, mm-hmm. and not for nothing. I I always like to tell people too that um that that's a painful process. A lot of this is also just like can be physically painful too. Yeah, um, not just the emotional pain, but um just the physical pain of your body changing to open up to receive can be tough. You know, if you've been slouching for 30 years and all of a sudden you sort of readjust your jaw, you're going to notice something different in your shoulder for a bit. Right. So you stretch through right. that. Right. So my body was, was really sort of um, going through a, a heavy change, and it was painful in places. 
So going to Taipei was interesting because it's not a, it's not a sleepy city. It really is a, a bustling place, and um, I had to sort of uh, hit the ground running, much like I do all the time in New York. Um, but I, I I did it, but I was sort of jarred immediately, jarred. And, and um, what I see now is that my uh, the universe was sort of showing me that I could survive um, that sort of pace. I think when I left New York, yeah. I was like, I don't even think I have the energy for this pace anymore. But then yeah. Taipei was like almost the exact same pace, and I was <laughs> able to, you know what I mean? And I was able to do it. Um, and then there, I spent um, profound amounts of time alone. Um, and um, I really believe in um, herbal healing, <laughs> which is to say that I like to yeah. smoke uh, weed. And <laughs> <laughs> that can and, be taken multiple ways, but I really that yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of herbal healing, um, really, but this is particular to weed. And um, you, I, you can't take weed to China because you'll just not make it, girl. Like, <laughs> you can't do it. So... Um, that was a good, again, this is about taking things off the table. And I think the universe mm-hmm. has asked me to take um, weed off the table for a bit because weed is a shortcut towards relaxation. It's a, it's a mm. shortcut to getting your breath work um, yep. in a good place. It's a, it's a shortcut to relieving the tension that you feel in your body to keep still. But um, the universe and my ancestors were like, okay, now that you know that you're capable of doing this, we're going to take this right. off the table. So Love I was it. in Taipei, baby, completely and utterly just <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> stretching, <laughs> Thre- right, stretching and and exercising and doing all the things without um, mm. any of the medicines that I was used to to sort of help me um, fall into those things. Yeah. Um, and that was interesting. It really was. It helped me, again, to learn my body in a new way, to learn my threshold for pain in a new yeah. way. And, like, very yeah. self-induced induced pain because, you know, stretching hurts. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, until, until you get that release, it's, like, quite painful. Um, and from Taipei, I went to uh, California for a bit. I, I spent some time in San Diego. I spent some time in Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Some time in LA. Um, and and I left New York with the intention of moving to LA, but my spiritual practice just wouldn't let me. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. my spiritual hygiene wasn't where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And so um, the energy in LA is, is, is it's a lot. It's, um, I'm a creative person, and so yeah. um, and a lot of spirits around me are motivated by like romance and creativity and things like that. So when I would spend time in LA, especially after this sort of spiritual awakening, I would just get immediately overstimulated because I could see the energy surrounding people. I could see their yeah. intentions. I could see what was motivating their behavior. Yeah. And um, I needed time away from that to sort of um, wow. fall into it. So I did the California thing for a bit. Um, I went to Miami. I stayed with one of my very, very close friends. Um, by the time I got to Miami, my body was tired in a new way. Um, I had sort of been um, weaning myself off of psychiatric meds, um, mm-hmm. and that's a rough transition. And so when I got to Miami, I was completely yeah. um, done with those as well. And so my body was in a new sort of recovery, and um, that was it. Was it, that was when I started to realize. Up until that point, I had been traveling alone and sort of bouncing from person to person to see people mm-hmm. I hadn't seen in a while and do things mm-hmm. I hadn't done. Um, but I was very much alone 90% of the time. And um, when when my um, meds started to sort of um, not be an option anymore, my mind came around to you need to be around people that you know. Um, you, you need to be around people that make you feel safe. So I went to Miami. Yeah. 
Um, and I spent time with a dear friend of mine. And then I went to Atlanta and I spent time with a dear family member of mine. And um, the journey was good because it helped me to sort of get a perspective. It helped me to sort of um, detox my body. Um, it helped mm-hmm. me to sort of realize my boundaries in a new way. And it helped yeah. me to realize that you need um, people, which is not something that I've always been good at. I've always been mm-hmm. like um, sort of stubbornly independent. And um, it's part, not of my, that. I tell part of you. my journey <laughs> yeah, has been like, no, baby, this is a, a group effort. Um, yeah. Even you can go home, you can you can be alone for sure, but you can't make it out here by yourself. And so right. My time right. in Miami and my time in Atlanta was about getting back to my family, and my ancestors were really adamant about that as well. Um, I feel like my dead people were like, "Yo, if you're about to be calling on us, then you need to be connecting to um, who's still there." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So I use that time as just a way to perfect my practice and fall more into feeling comfortable in my body and, and, and in my being. Um, and, it, like, I'm, Chrissy, I'm sure you know that it just comes, you know. It's not a chariot yeah. that drops out the sky and actually not at all. On, but yeah. it is a process that you sort of look at and you're like, oh, my God, I am in such a different place than I was. Yeah. Um, and um, I feel better, even though my life looks completely different and my life may not look the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. When I'm alone, I feel mm-hmm. better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. So that's been the bag. That's been sort of the journey. And now I'm back in New York. I, love it. I, I, I see. Yeah. Full yeah. circle. I love Full that. Full circle. And no one, Full look, it's like circle. that Paul Rudd gift. I, I, <laughs> I love it. Who thought? I love it. I think that's amazing. And yeah. I love this idea, too, that you keep talking about, about taking things off of the table mm-hmm. because it's so powerful. And I have folks that I work with do this, and I, of course, practice it myself all the time. Like When you can do that with your mind, then it can translate so much more easily into yeah. the physical realm, which is, like, amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's just so powerful, and it's something that we don't necessarily conceptualize, but it's so important because we are so used to constantly putting more things on our plate to the point that we can't see the bottom of it. Yeah, but when you yeah, start this yeah. practice of reversing that and you're able to literally let go of things and free yourself of things that we don't actually need, we've just told ourselves or allowed someone else to influence us to believe that we did, mm-hmm, that it's just, mm-hmm. it's super powerful. And, it, and I feel like your life and the way that you transition is a reflection of that. And I think it's amazing. Like, oh, yeah, so full. Yeah. I'm so full from this conversation. And, and, and what, you rec- what you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, how if you're not connected to yourself, you're, you're not really satisfied yourself, even though you get affirmation, even though you get confirmation. Mm-hmm. Taking things off the table helps you sort of, recognize um, does that affirmation actually affirm me, you know, and, and, and it helps you sort of take those right. things and attach them to something because you can see clearer, you can feel clearer. So you, the, the, the gratification that you get is a good cue as to what um, actually yeah. motivates you, what actually inspires you. Because we've all heard good job for some shit that we didn't really care about, <laughs> you know. Or like, Hello. <laughs> we've all been celebrated for something that's just like, that was easy, or I, like, just did it. Yes. <laughs> but once oh, you start sure. to recognize, um, once you start to get those things off the table that you don't care about, and, 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 and once you stop feeling bad for not caring about those things mm-hmm. or not necessarily um, being attached to those things, it becomes right. easier to see what you are attached to. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So real. Ooh, this was good. 
I love it. Is there anything else that you would share with the community tangibly that you think is really helpful? I mean, you've shared some amazing things so far. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah. Um, I have a little list. I'll try to run through quickly. I feel so before, I, before I did this, I did the meditation, and I feel like um, my ancestors were like, say these things to the people I that know. Um, but the first thing I wrote down was um, what we've been talking about the whole time is listen to your body um, because it, it really, really, really is ancient machinery and it knows the world better than we do. I believe it knows the world better than the mind. And a lot of what we're responding, a lot of what your body gives you is responding to the space around you, right? And, right, and Or right. responding to what's inside of you. So if you're feeling something, stop. Like if you're physically feeling something, yep. stop to listen to yep. it and make a little tally and, and don't think that, and, and I don't mean this in any sort of emotional way, I mean it's literally don't think that something that hurts you is supposed to hurt you. If your ankle yes. hurts, think about that. Yes. You know? Um, if there's something in your body that's calling to you, stop and, and just honor it. And you may not get the answer right away, but I promise you if you just stop, say, ooh, my ankle hurts mm-hmm. um, and I don't want it to hurt, Mm-hmm. then the rest of it will, will start to fall in place. Yeah. You'll, you'll start to subconsciously find ways to stop that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you want to do. I think that too often, at least too often in, the, in, in my life, I've heard of pain um, as sort of a physical thing or an emotional thing. But no one has ever really helped me draw the lines between how they're like very much connected. And sometimes it's physical pain. A lot of times a physical pain is a sign of an emotional wound, something that you need mm-hmm. to, to pay some attention to. So listen to that body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other thing is, um, I swear by this too, but remember yourself as a child and and give in to that energy. Um, That's the other part of my journey that's been really Mm. interesting. It's a lot of what I've come back to is inspiring. And a lot of what I've come back to, when we're thinking about um, spiritual growth, when we're thinking about material growth, and that's like, uh, you know, home, wealth, um, relationships, things like that, when we're talking about emotional growth, what I found is that a lot of the things I've uncovered are just the things I loved when I was a kid. Like, I love getting lost in the woods. Um, I uh, have loved, like, since I, I've loved Janet Jackson since I was eight years old, and there's no reason for an eight-year-old to be like that, <laughs> like, you know, like emotionally connected to someone who's twice their age. But what I see now is, like, I can listen to her now and get so many spiritual cues, get so many indications toward my own relationship with sex and my own relationship with um with time down and relaxation. And I can see now that that was like, when, you know, when you're a kid, you're, you're, you're very connected to your spirit. And I can see now that that was sort of me, just my spirit picking up on what it enjoys and what it looks yeah. for in the world. So um, connect to yourself as a kid. And a good way, I think, to do that, I, I tell a lot of my clients this, is to make a playlist of songs that you enjoy at a particular age, especially if there's an age that you feel yourself stuck at or struggling with. If you were like 12 or 13 and you felt you feel disconnected from that person or you miss that person, go throw some instinct songs on a playlist, throw some um, Fifi Dobson on there, and just, you know, listen to it. Go, go on a run listening to it or walk, walk around listening mm-hmm. to it. But that's going to help you sort of uncover those parts of yourself that you've quieted for some time just by virtue of growing up. Does that make yes. sense? Yes, absolutely. So remember yourself as a child and then – I think I have, oh, the rest of them are quick. Um, 
I don't shame your pain by ignoring it. I think that that's like the, the body thing too. Like if something hurts, listen, sit, look at it, take some time with your pain, um, your emotional pain, your mental strife. If something hurts, yeah. don't let it just sit there and hurt. Um, give it some attention because if you don't give it attention, it's telling um, that bit of pain that it's not worth time and mm-hmm. not worth care. And yeah. then, you know, when you hear that you're not worth things, you just feel worse. So True. <laughs> don't shame your pain. Yeah. Um, don't trip out on time. And that's something that I, like, um, I, I find really important because this work is, like, um, nebulous and it doesn't pay attention to, like, calendars. Um, calendars are important. It's important to have goals. It's important to show up in the world. But, like, don't think that um, you're not where you're supposed to be. You're always where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Open yourself up to that moment. Yes, yes, yes. And Open yes. yourself up to that moment. That's that. Mm-hmm. Tiana, Tiana Taylor um, opened me up to that in that song. Um, she has a song called "Rose in Harlem." She's like, I don't do Love uh, due dates. Um, I don't do due dates. That's not what I do. And I'm like, no, that's it. Like due dates are are, are uh, important for very tangible things. Like I have a paper yeah. or I have a job to show up for. But when it comes yeah. to your life, your life and your being, you're when we're not on this plane anymore, we're someplace else. So you've always got right? some time to be doing some yeah. shit. So don't rush yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last one is speak. Um, and that was the one that my ancestors were very, very, very heavy on me sharing with the community. But mm. speak. Um, if you are um, holding things in, stop doing that. And, um, that reminded me of a mm. J. Cole song um, where he where he's, he says, I know that you still hold a lot of things in, and that shit kills you. So if you don't feel comfortable, like, saying no to a person, if you don't feel comfortable saying no to yourself or whatever, um, find some outlet for that. Go to a therapist if that helps you. Journal if that helps you. Do all of it. Sing aloud. Do something to express what hurts you. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize that, like, when you, like, if someone's singing a song or if someone is uh, doing a piece of art, a lot of that is motivated by a feeling. And so if yeah. you're feeling yeah. a feeling, get it out. Do something so that it doesn't become um, something you don't want it to be. And that's not specific to pain. You can speak your joy. You can speak your happiness. Right. And you should be. Um, Yeah. But speak. And and once you start to speak the way that you feel and once you start to exercise your voice a bit, I promise you, um, you'll start to feel comfortable setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's that's the other component of setting boundaries is is, um, saying things aloud or communicating things. First to yourself, first to your environment, and then um, to the folks around you. You know, love that. Ooh, I love that speak part. I literally had a conversation with somebody yesterday and was like, I don't know what it is. Like, if I'm in a room and something comes over me that I feel like needs to contribute to that space, like my whole body it gets warm, and I'm like, I gotta let it out. I just have to. And everybody's not like that, but you know, whatever your form or your, yeah. you know your platform is that you used to do that, do it, but it's not necessary. I love that. Yeah, and speaking with a lot of different ways, you can cry, you can give someone a hug, you know, you can ask for affection, but but speak, don't don't, let let things um, hold up in you. Yeah. Woo! That's it, that's what I got. (laughs) Amazing, yeah, this has been so good. I love it. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for for your energy, your love, your time. Tell people how they can stay connected with you after the episode. For sure. Um, so my main point of um, communication with the uh, 
online community is uh, Instagram. I love it because it okay. somehow turned into like a 360 experience for me. <laughs> um, but my Instagram is BMS, Brandon Michael Floyd, um, what's here, um, W-A-S, here. Or BMF with you. I said that is like a very complicated way, but you get it. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, he will how, be tagged, so yes, you can easily yes. find him. So you can find me there, and um, right now that's also how I book um, readings and, and, and tarot consultations. And yeah. um, I always describe those as a way to sort of connect um, with you and connect with your ancestors and connect with my ancestors and just have a conversation to sort of break up. Um, I I really really like practical next steps um, as much as possible. Some of the shit is just not practical. Some of it is going to have to just be like weird and ethereal. Um, but I do like to offer people practical next steps. I'm a person that thrives in that environment. So my tarot consultations okay. are very much like let's um, let's break through all the spiritual um, stuff that's, that's surrounding you. And then let's give you like two or three things that you can physically or, or uh, sort of mentally do um, to see progress. So yeah, you I can love it that way too. Yes, I'm, I mean, that is why you are perfect to come and enjoy and, like, just reveal your best self here in this yeah. community because I so believe in that. I'm like, you cannot sit here and listen to me or you or other people mm-hmm. share about their stories and the things that they've actually done to get themselves to where they are, knowing, of course, we still have more and more and more to grow, but mm-hmm. you can't listen to people do things and not actually do them. So that's why yeah, I love having that handle, <laughs> baby. Yes, absolutely. Oh, this uh. is amazing. Please reach out to Brandon. Show him appreciation and just love, especially yeah. on your journey and from us to you until we meet again. Like, thank you so much for your energy, your time, this space, and just showing up as your full, authentic self. So until we meet again. Thank you, Chrissy. It's been awesome. You're welcome. Yes. All right. So first, can I just say how much I really enjoyed our conversation and that the focus on healing with a healthy reminder to relax was everything I needed and more. And we can often just get so caught up in the process of doing the work that we forget to just relax and sit still because it leaves us room for the things that are coming to us versus the things that we are always running towards and half the time they're unknown. But spiritual healing is so necessary along our journey. And we have so many tools to leverage in our own inner beings that activate our healing at so many levels. And Brandon shared how he leveraged his body as a cue towards personal healing and then used meditation as another medium towards further healing. And I'm so in awe of his awareness and how when we stop running from things or hiding behind things, that the clarity we truly seek and the answers that we need are right there. Just a few layers from the surface, we can all start to uncover the mysteries of our own heart. And I love how he talked about, you know, tapping into a piece of himself that he knew was always there before. And throughout this entire season, we've really had this theme of looking back at the things that we've loved, especially when we were younger, as clues to who we are truly meant to be now and who we are truly meant to become in the future, right? And now that we have no blocks, nobody in our way giving their unwanted opinion unless we invite that, right? Um, Our passion and the things that we want to do and our next steps are totally unfiltered. And Brandon is just proof of that, right? He is totally walking firmly in his path and it's something that he's known about himself for a really long time. But 
like him and all of us, we just need to be reminded of who we truly are and what we are truly meant to be doing. So this episode felt so healing, so right on time in so many ways. And it was just such a great way to close out an amazing season. So I took so many good gems from Brandon's vulnerability in this episode, and I'm really excited to see him continue to grow and also to hear about some of you guys and how you'll engage with his services moving forward. What a season this has truly been. I cannot tell you how much it has meant to me and this community to just share a space of growth and intention. By leveraging this platform, it's literally been one of the best decisions that I could have made simply because of how you all in this community really show up and support not only each episode, but each guest that has come on and their passions. And so I want to send out a very heartfelt thank you and just honor you with so much gratitude and love and light because we touched on so many topics in each episode during the season and each one was just so special and authentic, which is truly what this community is all about. You showing up as your complete authentic self exactly where you are, knowing that you have so much more in you to continue growing, but you come here and you're like, I need all of this good stuff, right? I need to learn from other people. I need to get tools and tips, tangible things that you can take as you move forward. So as we conclude this 21st episode of season two, let us move forward in placing action behind the center thought of today, which is relax, release everything, let go and exhale. May you continue to sit still, May you continue to listen to your body for cues to healing. May meditation come with intention. May you acknowledge and address your pain while being unbothered by time, unafraid to speak, and unapologetic about setting boundaries. Until we meet again.